You're listening to MLB.com Extras, brought to you by MLB.tv. It's baseball everywhere. Hi, everybody. Welcome to MLB.com Extras. I'm Matthew Leach talking Atlanta Braves with MLB.com's Braves beat reporter Mark Bowman. Mark, I bet you think that at some point, somewhere down the line, you're going to get a little bit of a break and your team will stop making news. Um, we don't know if that's correct yet, but uh, you got to think at some point they will stop making news. But they haven't yeah, yet. Yeah, I'm really- I mean, everything points to 2017, so it's probably somewhere around then. 2017, <laughs> 18, 19. Yeah, last year it was the, the move-a-day Braves. Maybe that was last one or this year. There's a rumor, rumor-a-day Braves. So, uh, but like you said, they've kept things very interesting so far. And, and it's only November. Um, <laughs> they, they made a really interesting move not all that long ago, certainly since the last time. We talked on this. Uh, traded Andrelton Simmons, which was one of the guys that it seemed like they wouldn't move. Not that not that it was a given. Not that there was no way. And and you know one of the things we hear more and more executives saying this winter is, look, nobody's untouchable for the right move. And Sean Newcomb was certainly a heck of a haul, uh, and wasn't the only part. I mean, they they got a nice, they made a nice move there. But I think for a lot of fans. This move was – tipping point's probably the wrong word, but this move kind of, for a lot of fans, seems like kind of changed their perspective on this whole process. Um, what was the Braves thinking here in being willing to part with Simmons, a guy who they had signed for a very long time, a guy who's still young, uh, in, in order to continue this – again, they're not using the word rebuilding, but this restructuring of the roster? Yeah, it's um... – from their perspective, they saw, uh, like everyone else, they understand Anderson Simmons is the best defensive shortstop in the game. They understand the value that comes to this glove uh, on a nightly basis. Uh, they saw a guy who they did not know where he was going offensively. Uh, the, the odd part about that uh, take is, um, you know, he, he increased his on-base percentage and his batting average this year. Kevin Seitzer felt like he was making – right stride. So, you know, that that was one perspective uh, of this trade that it caught me by surprise because I thought, you know, at, at the age of 26 that Simmons was maybe never going to get back to that guy with the 17-homer guy in 2013, but if he could be that 270 with the OBP of uh, 320, 330 with, with that kind of glove, it, then all of a sudden that the money that he was going to be paid over the next few years, um, you're going to look at this as fair value for the team. Now that that money at the end of this contract it weighed heavily into this decision as well because the Braves took a step back and said, you know, we we do not feel comfortable paying him 11 million dollars in 18, 13, and million in 19, and 15 million in 20. Um, they looked at the, that those dollar figures and said, hey, look, if he never starts to hit and his glove from a you know because just uh, as a guy gets older, you're, you're thinking his defense might decline. They were afraid of you know how how bad that contract might look at that point in time, which is interesting because this contract was signed a couple years ago now. And in some ways, you know, Frank Rim obviously was the general manager when the contract was signed, but uh, John Copalella was right there when that deal was uh, was structured as well. So. Um, you know, I, I, I get it that they wanted to they wanted to jump at the opportunity to get more arms. Uh, Copy said the night of the trade, he said, 
hey, look, we're, you know, we're getting better offensively uh, for this year. Well, the interesting thing is this. Yes, Simmons ranked 130th out of 142 players, uh, qualified players in OPS this year. But one of those guys that ranked behind him was Eric Ibar. And uh, I'm not sure that, that that element, I agree with that element of the trade. And, and the one thing that's going to be interesting to watch is where does Simmons go from an offensive perspective in the next few years? Because if this year was a sign that he is moving in the right direction, then this may end up being a trade that they regret. Yeah, one of the things I've thought a lot, and you, you touched on this a little bit with, with uh, the comments about Ibar's offense, one of the things I've wondered a lot about as far as the Braves and, and uh, you know, I'm just going to use the word rebuild even if they won't because it's, it's pretty yeah. clearly happening, is, is the messaging. And, and I, I, I think we've talked about this before. I think we talked about this a year ago. You know, there's a piece this week, there are a couple pieces this week, um, both Braves executives talking and then people talking about Braves executives talking. And I just wonder how much of the issue here between the front office and ownership and fans is strictly a matter of messaging. And you talk about and saying, well, look, this was a move for this year. Well, come on. No, it wasn't. I mean, that's fine. Yeah. And there's nothing wrong with that. But it just seems like again and again there's a real unwillingness to say what I think a lot of people can see. This team's building for 17. And, and, and look, that's not inherently a bad thing. There's teams have had a lot of success with that kind of strategy. But I'm wondering how much of the issue do you think, and, and look, I'm, I'm down the road, but, but here in Athens we, we talk football a lot more than we talk Braves. It's just kind of, so if you're among the fans there, if you are talking to fans, you get the tweets, you get the emails, how much different do you think fan reaction to this whole process would be if, if every move was the same but the messaging were different? Yeah, I mean, it, exactly. And it, I think we can even go back here to earlier this week, late at night, uh, you know, Ken Rosenthal uh, tweets that the Braves are interested in Darren O'Day. Well, we, we've talked about that. You know, I've written that in the past. I also killed it about a week ago when, when the Braves made it clear that they weren't going to get into that bidding war with Darren O'Day. Uh, you know, again, they weren't going to get up here to where his um, price tag is. You know, we're, we're hearing four years and $28 million or, or, or even higher. Um, Look, if you are rebuilding, why are you going down that road? And even if you're throwing that out there, don't send mixed signals to your fans just to say, hey, look, we're not tanking. I told you we went after Darren O'Day. No, no. You've got to go ahead and stay the course where you are, where, hey, yeah, your fans get it. It would not make sense to go after Darren O'Day right now. You're not going to win this year. You, you're, you know, 2017, you might be. Uh, a little bit better. In 2018, yeah, everything, the pieces might fit, but it would not make sense to, to go out there and, and make that kind of offer. So that, that is a mixed signal. Um, you know, I think with the Freddie Freeman rumors, that those were put to bed pretty quickly. The way I kind of understand that, uh, along with some of the Shelby Miller rumors, were there were there was a team that was at least two or three teams that were interested in Shelby Miller and said, hey, what would it take to get him? And, they quickly found out that it would be a significant price tag or significant value in return. Same thing with Freddie Freeman. Why are we even talking about trading Freddie Freeman right now? He has, we don't have a clue what his value is with his risk. You know, I, I wrote this earlier this week. What are you going to do? Just say, hey, you know, you're, you're the other team. Yeah, we'll take on that $118 million over the next few years because, uh, hey, your doctor says he's fine. You know, this, this risk was a problem for the final three or four months of this season. So, um, 
I don't think the Braves could put a definite value on Freddie Freeman right now. I don't think the team that would want to trade for him could put one on him. And, uh, you know, and, and there is some – I've seen some fans talk about, hey, we need to continue to connect with some players. You know, it's nice that you're trading right away guys and, and bringing in prospects. And I get the big picture um, objective that the Braves have there, but at the same time, don't don't trade all of their favorite players. <laughs> you know what I mean? They basically, you look at what they have left from 2013 right now. You've got Freddie Freeman, Julio Tehran, and Joey Tertislavich. So there you go. It's uh, I can see where the the, the fans are, um, you know, uh, upset to say the least at what has been going on here. And, and, of course, the, the stated goal all along here, or, or the not explicitly stated but clear goal all along here, has been that 2017 season. The new ballpark, have a team that is going to bring people out, a team that's going to be really exciting in that, in that ballpark. And so one of the things that it has been clear, you know, and I, I think I tweeted this after the Simmons move, look, there, there are two clear trends in every move, just about every move they've made. They're trying to gain high-end pitching, they're trying to gain financial flexibility after 2016, to the point of even taking on some significant financial commitments in 15 and 16. I think the next question that any fan would have, that I would have, that a lot of people would have is, okay, how confident are you that when the decks are cleared for 17, they're going to go out and spend and take advantage of that flexibility and really be aggressive to build the next really good Braves team, not only from within, but in the ways they can add to that from outside. In other words, are they clearing the decks in order to spend in 17, or are they just clearing the decks? No, I, I do think that they are clearing the decks to spend in 17. And, um, but, you know, at the same time, you know, it's, it's going to be interesting to see what kind of creation class we're, we're looking at. We're, we, we look at it from afar right now. It doesn't look very attractive. Uh, you know, are, are they going to end up spending – uh, some of that money, you know, via trade acquisitions. Um, so yeah, I know I do think that they are freeing up that payroll to to um, to make a run right there in, in 17. I, I guess the the one thing that is a little bit confusing, you know, in this process to me is I would have rather gotten had to been at a point this year where I was able to establish some momentum. Uh, going into the new ballpark. In other words, this would have been the year where you started to spend some money. Then the fans, you know, got behind the product again, you know, full force, and and uh, you know, bought the tickets and and all that kind of stuff. And and all of a sudden, you had some momentum going into the ballpark. Now, you know, take a step back. Maybe maybe they just uh, you know waited a year too long to, to get started in this process, so you, you can't force the issue. Um, which takes us back again to. I think everyone is getting to that point where they're saying, "Yeah, they'll, they'll be okay," you know, 2017. But, but you know, maybe 2018 would would be a, a better year for them. Where, where now, all of a sudden, you know that Ozzy Albies is up there playing shortstop. Um, you know, maybe you're a, a year closer to, know, to seeing where Lucas Sims and and uh, some of the Tyrell Jenkins, uh, you know, some of your top prospects here. Um, that could be up at the big leagues, uh, pitching prospects, um, where they could fit in the rotation. They could still include Shelby Miller, Julio Tehran at that point in time. So, you know, you do see the pieces. You you see where this team could be um, pretty strong here in 2000, 
you know, by 2017, maybe more likely 2018. And, uh, you know, like you said, it, I, I do expect for them to open up that uh, pocketbook a little bit more here in, in uh, two years. All right. Well, Mark Bowman, thanks for taking some time to talk here on MLB.com Extras, and thanks, everybody, for listening. MLB.tv Premium, the number one live streaming sports service, is celebrating 13 years. Watch every out-of-market regular season game live or on demand in true HD. Real-time highlights, live look-ins, pitch tracking widget, and more. MLB.tv Premium includes a free At-Bat 15 subscription. Watch live baseball on over 400 mobile and connected devices. Watch at home, in the office, or on the go. Every night, on every device. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Visit MLB.tv for details.